Argus Media. This is Driving Discussions, a podcast series where we keen our focus on the forces affecting North American road fuels. Greetings and salutations once again. I'm Argus's U.S. Gulf Coast Blend Stocks reporter, Jason Metko. And with us on this chat is Matthew Cope, our RINs reporter, discussing everything that you've wanted to know about ERINs and SREs and a big announcement from the EPA coming up in June. Matthew, thank you for coming on the presentation. Good to have you here for the first time. First, let's get into ERINs specifically. What are they? And then we'll talk about what's going on the last four months that you've seen. All right. Thanks, Jason. Glad to be here. And ERINs, I mean, that's been the big story the last couple months. Um, for those that don't know, ERINs are essentially going to be an extension of the, I guess, conventional uh, renewable fuel standard RINs to where instead of being allocated to a gallon of biofuel, it's going to go towards um, electricity that's generated via renewable natural gas, biogas, that kind of stuff. Um, and it's meant for, you know, these credits are attached to EVs, to where the electricity is used to charge electric vehicles. Um, and it's designed to be an incentive to produce more EVs, get that market going, um, and kind of act as a, you know, sidestep extension to what we've seen uh, with RINs the last 10 years. So the last few months have been busy, I understand. What have you seen specifically? Exactly. Um, so in December 2022, the last time the EPA put out an announcement and said, hey, here's, you know, the regularly scheduled news, um, they mentioned that ERINs are, are kind of on the docket of um, they're moving towards having that be a part of the set rule, um, to which there was a public comment period following. And obviously, when it's something new that, that kind of shakes the market up a good bit, there were a lot of mixed opinions about that. Obviously, players that, that are EV producers, very happy about it. It's an incentive for them. It's, it's a potential opportunity. But meanwhile, people that hold existing uh, D3 RIN positions were a little more skeptical. People that are not necessarily adjacent to that market are going, wait, how is this going to affect me? We see some issues. And from there, you, you just had some division um, that was, you know, to the forefront. Um, RNG groups, lobbyists, um, those EV producers, they're obviously championing ERINs. Um, they were very excited about it. Meanwhile, some other folks, including some members of the House of Representatives Energy and Commerce Committee, wrote a letter basically saying, hey, ERINs are not necessarily, they shouldn't be attached to everything else. Um, we want the RFS to be about, you know, incentivizing biofuel production, as it stated from day one. Um, and from there, kind of some speculation reached into the market. Um, market participants were kind of split on it. Uh, over time, they became a bit more bearish. Um, D3 prices about a month ago rose 10%, which was kind of an indication of, hey, we, we're, we're a lot less optimistic that ERINs are going to happen. Um, and again, those folks with current D3 positions were saying, hey, I, I, ERINs, they're, they're, they're kind of, I, I don't know everything about them, um, but we just want to wait and see. And the future of ERINs at, at the moment, we can say is just kind of uncertain. Um, will they happen at some point? Will we see ERINs as a completely different kind of piece of legislation apart from the conventional RFS? Maybe so. 
He is Matthew Cope. He's our RINS reporter. This is another rousing edition of Driving Discussions, a production of Argus Media. Matthew, more recently, I understand prices have dropped. Can you speak on the forces, the market, what's led to that? Right. As you talk to, to folks in the market, obviously, kind of the last two weeks, we've seen uh, Big Brother D4 and D6 kind of slide down a little bit. Um, a lot of that people are attributing to uh, an oversupply. Uh, as RIN generation in the first couple of months of the year um, was surprisingly high on D4, and then it was surprisingly high again in February. And that trend just kind of continued. And, and I think people are now looking around and, and saying, well, there's a surplus of, there's more biodiesel being produced than, than RIN obligation. So people that have held these RINs that are looking to buy RINs are, are seeing the prices fall, and that D6, D4 spread has gotten really tight, probably tighter than it has been in a long time. All right. Another word salad question for you here. SREs. Tell us about those and what you're seeing with that. So small refinery exemptions. Um, this is a policy that's that's been around as, as long as RINs have been around pretty much. And what that means is if you're a small refinery that technically by the letter of the law has an obligation to either produce the biofuel or buy RINs, um, if, if there's been, whether it's demonstrated hardship, whether it's, oh, your, your refinery doesn't produce enough to make a huge difference, um, they've been given uh, an exemption from, you know, having to be a part of the program. And what that means is you see some of the smaller producers that otherwise, you know, RINs are a huge, you know, loss to them. It's, it's on their balance sheet. They are obligated to buy RINs when they don't have that. You know, their margins go up and they're allowed to, you know, be a little bit more competitive in the market. You know, th this is something that's, that's driven completely by policy. And many years ago, you would see at any given time, two dozen, three dozen refineries across the United States had SREs. Um, lately, obviously, you had the Biden administration came in um, a couple years ago, and that policy has kind of taken a 180 to where now, over the past six months, I think we've had two refineries overall have SREs and the wait list of you know folks knocking on the door saying hey can i have a temporary uh, stay of my ex of my obligation can i have an exemption for x amount of time that list has gotten longer and longer but courts have ruled that hey you know we've we've given out a couple we've denied a couple the circumstances are are much more rigid than they used to be to where you know six seven years ago it was you get an SRE, you get an SRE, you get an SRE. Everybody gets an SRE. Everybody gets an SRE. And what I can report on that is kind of that era of, of you know, SREs on every corner. You're not going to see that return uh, anytime soon, looks like. A couple more minutes here with our RINS reporter, Matthew Cope, on driving discussions. We're doing this in the early stages of June. Understand the middle of this month is pretty big. Can you tell us why, Matthew? Absolutely. And that's kind of what everybody is kind of sitting around on the edge of their seat waiting for. Uh, the EPA um, every so often comes out and basically says, hey, here's an update to all of our kind of policy changes. Here's our set rule. Here's what the volume obligation is going to be for RENs for the next uh, X amount of time. And they've said that on June 14th, um, they're going to blow their trumpet again and give the volume obligation for the rest of 23, 24, and 2025. So uh, players in the market are kind of cautiously waiting around. People are trying to make their guesses on where everything's going to go. But it, it, it's kind of uh, everybody's in suspense waiting for 
whatever happens is going to happen because back in uh, December of 2022, the last time this happened, volume obligation was a lot lower than expected and rent prices fell dramatically over the course of a couple of days and then the market eventually recovered. But when, when things like this happen, it's not all the time, but uh, uh, it's a good possibility that something big happens in the rent market and everybody just jumps into action and prices change. He is the man who knows his rents, Matthew Cope. Matthew, thanks for coming on. Let's get you on sometime later this year, okay? You got it. Thanks for having me, Jason. Our appreciation to Matthew for coming on this episode. And with that, we conclude yet another edition of Driving Discussions, a production of Argus Media, a leading independent provider of energy and commodity pricing information. This reminder to tune into the previous episodes in our series. And for more information on Argus's U.S. biofuels coverage, make sure you visit argusmedia.com forward slash Americas dash biofuels.